You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, crazily crafty cranial cream puffs. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 22. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen and we are your four fresh fact-finding foolios and floozies. Hey. Hey. Wow. hey. Speak for yourself, you're, you're my friend. You're slandering some yeah. people here. First we're cranial cream puffs. No, those, those are our listeners. I'd rather be a cream puff than a <laughs> <laughs> I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. First, we just want to start off the show with a little bit of follow-up on something we mentioned in episode 20. Long-time listeners of the show will know that we have a segment where sometimes we will have a computerized voice, uh, robot voice, an intentionally 80s, 90s era mm-hmm. computerized robot voice sing opening lines to popular songs. <laughs> and yeah. if, sing, I guess, is one way to describe it. <laughs> yes, like... sing in, in a very monotone robot mm-hmm. voice. And we wanted you guys to name him. Because, yeah, he doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we have to go through the whole spiel that I just went through, which is not very poetic. And so... since he's an 80s robot, we wanted something that was an acronym. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, we, we thought about, you know, maybe if the acronym was like brain or or possibly Brian. Right, right. Yeah. And there, there are always those forced, awkward acronyms. Like, so, uh, like uh, Knight Rider, right? Kit. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The Knight Industries 2000. 2000. <laughs> yes. yes, with a separate T for each one. We got a lot of good suggestions that we narrowed down. Yeah, and thank then, you guys. Thank you to thank everyone you. who sent something in. Ultimately, the one that just had just stood out to us the best was not a Brian or a Brain. It is Elvis, which stands for Electronic Lyric Vocalization Interface System, <laughs> which is so perfectly overwrought. So uh, a I big... think it's I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think it just goes really well. It sounds like something real, you know. Yeah, and it personalizes yeah. it. You can imagine, like you know, we're the team of teenage crime fighters. Hey, Elvis, we need help with. <laughs> so uh, a big See? thank you to uh, Leland Jory who sent that in. Yay. Leland, Leland well done, Elvis. Uh, does, does Elvis have anything to say about and this? And Elvis uh, absolutely has something to say okay. about oh. it. So, you know, Elvis Elvis loves first lines of songs. So Elvis really feels... Uh, Elvis and I were chatting uh, back, <laughs> backstage. He felt the opening line from this particular ditty really summed it up the best. Oh, victory speech. <laughs> it must have been cold air in my shadow to never have sunlight on your face. You were content to let me shine. That's your way. Oh, uh, Elvis. Oh, so Elvis. if you have not been able to identify, that is the opening stanza from Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> yes. By Bette Midler. By Bette Midler. Yes. Oh, thanks, oh. Elvis. Our heartfelt yeah. rendition. We'll be, we'll be hearing more from Elvis in a future episode, I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's, let's jump into our general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. And we have exciting news. And this is, we're all very excited. We're like on the edge of our seats. You know, we've been doing this show for what, more than 20 episodes now. And and you may recall that I'm always complaining about the Trivial Pursuit cards (laughs) that I randomly, you know, select for this segment. And so we're going to switch things up. Recently, all four of us went to an old timey soda fountain for lunch or, or, or brunch. And they sold these uh, packs of vintage collectible cards, like kind of like garbage pail cards. Yeah, and they yeah, also yeah, yeah. The cards with the gum and the little wax paper yes. package. Yep. And uh, they have trivia battle game 
cards by, by tops by tops it's in wax paper it's right here in front of me sealed and it's from 1984 yep nice mm-hmm. so it's advertised to have over 1500 questions in series <laughs> one in each pack there are nine cards one sticker and one stick of bubble gum <laughs> so if, if my not... math is right yeah that means this piece of gum is 28 years old. Yep. Yes, yes. Chris the, said he was going to eat it, by the I way. Said, well, I said I was going to eat it, but then I thought maybe just the loser should I eat think the, the gum. loser. Same as I'm sorry for you. The loser has okay. to eat the gum. I do not agree to these <laughs> terms. <laughs> Unless I win, um, and then it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Colin and I, whoever right. does worse. I'm in, you know, yeah, win or lose, I'm, uh, in, okay. I'm in to sample the gum. Totally, yeah. So th- this is sealed. I'm going to open it right now. Hope you can hear the... And opening. while Karen opens this, I, I just, yeah, I mean, one of the things that really tickles us is not only do we have to try and answer these questions, but we have to remember this is from a 1984 mindset. Yeah. So anything about politics or movie hits or things <laughs> right, like that, right, we have right. to pretend. All right. Well, there is our piece of gum. Um, right. right. It's, okay. it's still stuck pink. to a card. It hasn't yeah. dissolved. So pick a trivial battle card. So what here. do they look like here? Oh, they have a whole bunch of questions on. Yeah. Them. It's it's like a mini trivial pursuit card. You really okay. get your money's worth. Oh. It's just Ooh. attached. You know what? what? It comes with rewards that are awards. It, it comes no. with two stickers uh-huh. for trivia champ and trivia chump. <gasps> All right. Oh. That's better for the winner. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to pick a random one. Okay, okay. All right. Here we go. I guess they have categories. (laughs) Uh, The red is, I guess, silver screen. Here we go. Uh, Oh, it's people. Who played Conan's girlfriend in the first movie? (laughs) What is this referring? Like Conan the Barbarian? It must be Conan the Barbarian. Well, was that uh, uh, Grace Jones? Sandal Bergman. Oh. Or uh, Grace oh. Slick. Who? Wait, what? <laughs> Sandal, Sandal Bergman. All right. oh. Wow. All right. Wow. All right, next question. Books. <laughs> what is Supergirl's name on Earth? Oh. These are pretty these tough. Are, these That's are questions that people in the 1980s would know. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Is it like Aurora or something? Incorrect. No. Well, She-Ra's, She-Ra's oh. name is Princess Adora. Which might it be, is. Yeah. What is it? Linda Lee. Linda no, okay. Lee. I did not know that. Okay. Again, with the alliterative names for, yeah, for yeah. a comic book character. Linda Clark Lee. Kent. Yeah. Right. All right, Blue TV film. Who starred in the motion picture Funny Girl? <laughs> oh, Dana. Barbara Streisand? Correct. Oh, so the orange one is High IQ. Mm. Who was the first pilot to fly faster than the speed of sound? Jeez. Colin, go for it. I believe that was Chuck Yeager. I believe so, too. Correct. Okay. Captain Charles Yeager. <laughs> we call him Chuck now. Yeah. All right. Uh, indigo? Purple? <laughs> for music? What rock performer had hits with Jeopardy and the breakup song? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know the Weird yeah, Al did the parody. Yeah, right. I lost on yes, Jeopardy, yes, but, but I forget the, the name Our of Loves the, in yeah. Jeopardy. I cannot retrieve that. Oh. No. It is Greg Kinn. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know he had a second song. I'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Green for sports. Colin, it's yours. Who was the first black player in the American League? I mean, August Jackie Robinson. Incorrect. Mm. Larry Doby. Oh, okay. I, I've, yeah. I've heard the, definitely heard Larry Doby. Huh. I, I don't think I would have been able to retrieve Wow, that. these are tough. Let's do another one. You want to do one more? Let's do one more. Okay. All right. Red for people. <laughs> Who directed An American Werewolf in London? Colin. I think it was uh, 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 John uh, John uh, Landis? Yes, yes. John oh. Landis. Good Whew. job. <laughs> Yellow for books. Who is the father of the Hardy Boys? 
Mr. Hardy. <laughs> that was my guess. <laughs> no, more, wait. More, more specific. It is Fenton, F- Fenton Hardy, oh. who is a detective. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Fenton Hardy. Not Horatio what? Magellan Crunch. <laughs> Horatio Magellan Crunch. Blue for TV film, who starred as Joe Hardy in the Hardy Boys mystery. Sean Cassidy. Oh, oh Sean okay. Cassidy. Cool. Okay, I can see that. Okay, this one is high IQ, guys. Uh oh. Who was the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic? Amelia Earhart? Yes. No. Why is, is that, that high that IQ? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's high IQ given the age range it's targeted. Right. At. Sure. It's her voice. <laughs> it's not specifically. All right, Indigo for music. What city was Marvin Gaye born in? I'll guess Detroit. Incorrect. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Mm. Indianapolis. Washington, D.C. Huh. All right. Sports. Green for sports. What pitcher holds the record for most strikeouts in a single World Series game? 1984. Uh, most... <laughs> yeah, 19. <laughs> right. Most strikeouts in a single game. I mean, Cy Young holds records for so many things. I'm going to guess Cy Young. It is Bob Gibson. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I can yeah. prove that is right I, or wrong. So this is so <laughs> That was accurate weird. as of 1984, at least. Like, the 1980s, to me, it's like I grew up in, you know, half half of my growing up was in the 1980s, right? And so, like, I, I don't think of it as being that long or that know, far away or that removed. Yeah. But to listen to these questions, which children of the 1980s would have had moderate to medium difficulty answering and just them being just so far apart from my knowledge base right now. Right, it's just right, crazy. right. And then to throw on another 30 years of knowledge on top of that, yeah. <laughs> of yeah, what yeah, you would yeah. have to be required to remember. All right, trivia battle. Trivia battle. Trivia battle, trivia battle 84. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, now having lost, I will eat the gum of shame. All right. It was meant to be. How, are we going to split this? I want to try some. All right, Karen, break it in half. Guys, this gum is 28 years old. At oh, least okay. it could have been made before that. Your point being? Hey, Chris, and I, Chris and I signed the waiver for a reason. Yep. All right. I'm not going to eat it. I'm just going to, you know, chew it for a little while. It's going to dissolve in your mouth. All right. Here we go. That's my guess. This is a live, live show. Well, us. this is our last episode of Good Job Brain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's dissolving in my mouth. I told moment. you it was going to dissolve. Wow. It kind of just turned into a, a paste in my mouth. It's like, it's, it's falling apart and crumbling. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it you guys does. are going to die. <laughs> that gum is older than most of our listeners. It's poisonous is what happens. Uh, you know, I, I, I will give it that the flavor actually was like what I remembered, but it did it, it turn to like wallpaper paste as soon as, it, as, soon as the moisture hit it. That was very exciting. Let's let's see how you guys feel in half an hour. Let us know. All right. And let's jump into our topic of the week. What a big topic. We're going to be talking about board games. Mm -hmm. Our topic is, what's that gross taste in there? (laughs) So there are so many awesome board games out there today. Very creative, original ones. Um, There's Arkham Horror. There's Settlers of Catan, Ticket a Ride. Someone even mentioned on Facebook Kosher Land, which <laughs> which is the the Jewish version of Candyland. Very, huh. Lots of versions. The range is so huge. Mm-hmm. So today we'll be talking about the origins and, and perhaps even the, the scandalous, I guess, <laughs> histories behind classic board games that many of us grew up with.
kick off our discussion of board games, I have a little, you know, loosening up kind of board game quiz to get us in the mood, and I've titled it Bored Already. (laughs) (laughs) Over their uh, many decades of of being in existence, some of our more popular board games have undergone changes Mm. to those board games. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the alteration, and you are going to tell me the board game. Oh, okay. I like it. Changed the name of Dr. Black to something else. Karen? Clue. Yes. Clue, which is called Cluedo in the UK. The dead guy is Dr. Black. In America, it is Mr. Mr. Body. Body. And Clue, of course, was actually originally published in the UK, and they changed it to Mr. Body when they brought it over here. Added a penalty for an unsuccessful challenge. Dana. Uh, Scrabble. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scrabble, originally published in 1948, there was no written in the rules penalty for challenging someone and getting it wrong, and that was added in mm-hmm. 1976. So you could just game it by challenging every single word if you wanted to. Added tiles that represent long-term goals, like win the Nobel Prize or swim the English Channel. Colin? <laughs> The Game of Life? Yes. Now, this all came as a big surprise to me. When we played the Game of Life, the whole point was just to amass as much money as you possibly could, and then whoever had the most money at the end was the winner. And so they have added to the game now, if you buy it, they're called Life Tiles. Ah. So when you do certain things during the game, you get Life Tiles, which you don't flip over until the end, and it tells you... Now, the funny thing is it tells you you did something good, like swum the English Channel, and then it just gives you more money. (laughs) (laughs) Having done that... um, Merged some categories and added wild card. Colin. Oh, uh, now I'm not so sure, but I'm going to guess Trivial Pursuit. Yes. What? It used to, like, arts and... Enter- arts enter- and literature? Arts and literature used to be, there was a literature category and an arts oh, category, okay. which mm-hmm. they merged. Mm. And they merged other categories, and then they added the wild card category, which was not one of the original, original Trivial Pursuit categories. Triangles and stars were changed to Roman numerals and then back again. These were pieces on the on the play field. Mm. They used to be in the shapes of triangles and stars. They changed them to Roman numerals for a brief period. They changed them back to triangles and stars. Now they're more representative of, like, infantry units. Uh, is it Stratego? No. It's Risk. Risk. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yes, yes. Absolute anarchy has broken out. I know, seriously. That's why we have these buzzers. Originally published as a pen and paper game called Broadsides. Dana. Battleship? Battleship. Gloppy the Molasses Monster renamed (laughs) renamed to Gloppy the Chocolate Monster. Karen. Kosher Land. No. (laughs) Candy Land. Candy Land, yes. Yeah, uh, apparently kids don't know what molasses is these days. Yeah. Like the metaphor of molasses just doesn't really register as much as it had. What's molasses? So they just call him Gloppy the Chocolate Monster. (laughs) They also demoted, you know, some of the queens to princesses for some reason in the Hmm. later versions of Candy Land. Added... Brain freeze, a piece in the shape of an ice cream cone. Dana. Is it cranium? It's not cranium. No. Brain freeze being a type of malady you may suffer oh. from. 
Colin. Operation? Operation. Yeah. The only new piece added to Operation, which was voted on by players, is Brain Freeze. So now there's an ice cream cone uh, in Cavity Sam's brain. In his head. That's good. Yeah, 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 when did right? this happen? Wow, I didn't know there See, were new the pieces. You, you start to learn about this because we only played these games as kids, and now they changed them all yeah, up and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So what are they doing? <laughs> and um, his name is Cavity Sam. His name is Cavity uh, Sam. I didn't know he had an right? actual name. <laughs> Snakes replaced with something less deadly. Karen. Shoots. Yeah, snakes and shoots, ladders. Shoots snakes and ladders became shoots and ladders. Finally, dark purple changed to brown. Karen. Monopoly. Yes. Oh, this is what inspired this quiz. Baltic and Mediterranean Avenue, Did right? Did not know that. So if you go and buy Monopoly now, the dark purple spaces right after really? go, actually changed them to brown. Oh, I totally associate those with purple. With dark purple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that and I was like, no. I can see how there may be confusions with uh, the dark blue is a park place. And, and the light purples uh, and dark blues. Yeah, there's too yeah, many there's... blue purpley colors and there was no brown. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yes. Well, good job, everybody's brains on that quiz. I had one other question that I wanted to ask. Little little brain teaser question to see how well you know the game Monopoly. True or false? Because the game mechanics of Monopoly are in the public domain, anyone can make a Monopoly-style game just as long as they do not use the trademarked suffix Monopoly. True or false? Oh. True. False. Mm. Parker Brothers does own the copyright to the names of the Monopoly spaces, and the game mechanics are indeed in the public domain, but the Opoly suffix is also considered to be in the public domain, which is why you see all of those whatever Opoly right, games. Yeah. That, you can in fact, you can actually do that. I can make my own Opoly. Oh, there yeah, are, and, you know, I mean, we're close yeah. to the Cal campus here, and you can go buy Cal Opoly, you yes. know, at the student mm-hmm. store, and a lot of universities have that. Yeah, yeah. there was, there was uh, the, the court ruling basically decided that uh, you can do whatever Opoly, and right, it does not right. infringe on the Monopoly trademark. It's funny that you said that. I actually, I went against my impulse on that, because uh, I uh, did a lot of researching into Monopoly hmm. uh, getting ready for the show today and you know a lot of things uh, now that I'm connecting the dots in my mind a lot of things uh, sort of the history of Monopoly came out when the guy who tried to sell the game called Anti-Monopoly yes. basically had to fight a lawsuit and so a lot of sort of the secrets of the history of Monopoly really only came out as part of this court case and the guy won basically yeah. so I should have known from the fact that he won that maybe that's what you were getting at it's actually but... the same thing in uh, with, with video games not to get too off track but a lot of the history we know about video games like early electronic games it only really came to light and became widely disseminated because of court cases fighting over who had the rights to create Mm -hmm. video game machines and whether certain patents held up but you're right it was the same with monopoly and i'm sure you've got a lot of that research right well i mean i think we've we've a good intro here between talking about court cases of rights and also games changing over time so you know sort of the official line and certainly what i remember learning is uh, there's a guy charles darrow who is really credited as you know the father of monopoly and Parker Brothers, who publishes the game today, really has a lot invested in maintaining the story as well. And to be fair to him, he did do a lot to advance the game, you know, but he's sort of like a, a Thomas Edison type figure in the sense that he he improved a lot of things, didn't necessarily invent what he is credited with. The proper inventor of the game that we know today as Monopoly is uh, Elizabeth Maggie, and she invented it in 1903. And she was a writer and an inventor and just sort of an all around awesome lady from the sound of it. Um, so she got Jill a patent. Of all trades. <laughs> she, th- this wasn't even her first patent. So uh, she got a patent for a game called the Landlord's Game. And the game structure, if you could see a photo of it today, you would look at it. Oh, yeah, that's clearly where Monopoly came. It had mm. properties, the same number of properties. It had railroads. It had a jail. It had the Go Square. Uh, you could roll doubles or pay $50 to get out of jail. It was mm. clearly 
the game that we now know as Monopoly. Now, so what's what's funny or ironic about this is that she created this game to make a point about the immorality of land ownership and rent gouging and monopolies in general. It was not, it wasn't an aspirational game. You weren't, yay, I got all the money. I'm, I got the monopoly. You were the bad guy, essentially, if you got the monopoly. But it proved to be a very popular game and she would play it with friends and, and it got it produced. Imagine little pockets of people playing this game and then introducing it to friends in their living rooms and that kind of thing. So it's sort of growing in the network and people would invent their own home versions of it. So this was really an era of, we love this game, but we play it this way in our circle of friends mm, in Philadelphia. House rules. House rules and, yeah. oh, we play it this way in Chicago. Or, oh, we play it this uh, way in okay. Baltimore. I always, after getting into fights with people over Monopoly, I now have a, a rule. My, my only the thing that I do when I play Monopoly is we set the board up, and then I say to everybody, I'm like, okay... If anyone has any yes. house rules or Spit it out get it out of the way now, do, if you don't like auctioning properties, if you put money under free parking, anything you do, yes, get it. We we all have to be on the same page before we start. That this is game. so smart. So, so many times I've been playing Monopoly, and people will do something crazy, and people are just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you putting yeah. the money there? What do you what do I you don't mean? like the free yeah. parking money rule. Like, I that love to it! Me, I hate uh, that I rule. I, I, I don't mind it, but I mean, everybody <laughs> has to be on a, you know, on the same page as far as how where the money goes and how do you get it, and especially with auctioning, because a lot of people don't, don't even know, know that rule. They don't, they don't know even know that rule. That it, yeah. that it's even a that's rule. Right. Oh, that's man. Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. I thought you were going to say your house rule was after you set it up, you're like, well, now if I start losing, I could flip the board over. <laughs> you guys like, agree. You, guys you agree. Like, this is my losing. house. This is my house rule. I win. I always play, if you land on the go square, you get extra money. Okay, wait. Extra money in addition to the 200 that you yes. ever pass? Now, see, that's, I don't like those rules. I like, I'm a traditionalist, I guess. I'm a grumpy old man. I like playing, but my, my, my mantra was always the rules on the box. When I play with people, oh, yeah. I'm like, the rules on the box so it is i mean it is funny in the sense that as much as i love the rigidity of the rules i mean the game wouldn't exist as i say without evolving um mm. you know there was a commercially produced version uh, called the fascinating game of finance which was <laughs> which was really uh, you know kind of underselling it i would say maybe but it was essentially a, a monopoly i don't want to say knockoff or clone because people didn't really think that way it was just this guy had kind of taken a game he liked and modified it and was selling his own version mm. fast forward charles darrow eventually got a copy of the game in his hands and he was sort of a tinkerer and inventor and plumber and you got to remember this is the depression and you know he's like scrambling. Man, back then everybody's you did what you could. inventor yeah. slash whatever yeah. Every, slash whatever you're right and they, you know it's oh i was an engineer for a while and then i was a plumber and mm -hmm. then i was making board games and yeah you're right you kind of had to sort of invent your own way to go in the depression so he was a hustler and somehow, <laughs> basically okay. he was a hustler oh, and to his credit he he hustled hard and he worked every hard day. and he busted every day. his butt right so he got his hands on a copy of the game and basically thought i can improve this and he did you know he really is responsible for the look of the game that we know it i mean he hand drew or hand stenciled the railroad icons the oh. little utility bulb the mm -hmm. the square blocky go letters and the arrow like all the the visual kind of retro or what we think of now as retro look really came from him and he did it himself because it was on the cheap you know he didn't have money to invest in this mm -hmm. he was turned down by Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers. Mm -hmm. They both turned him down. Uh, so he basically struck a deal with a local department store, a Philadelphia store, and it became a hit. They ordered thousands of dollars worth of sets from him. Keep in mind, this is the Depression era. So Parker Brothers basically got wind of that, and now they want it in. After yeah, he got course. one department yeah. store, yeah. he did get a couple more after that. So they want it in. So here's where the intrigue comes in. They, as soon as they smelled that this was a potential hit on their hands, 
they they went to Elizabeth Maggie and paid her essentially to transfer all of her patents on the original games to Parker Brothers. Yep. And then they helped Charles Darrow apply for a new patent on this game, Monopoly, in his name because they essentially were in in business with him. The game has you know that we know it as Monopoly has more or less been frozen in that ever since then, ever since they applied mm. for there. And it has you know needless to say been a huge 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 hit and basically saved Parker Brothers from the depression. And I love the game just as an aside. I think yeah. growing up probably that was the game that my sister and I and my family played the most because it could just take hours and hours to play you know the thing is what we remember as monopoly today it, it, other than the color change of say like the mediterranean avenues whatever mm-hmm. it's still pretty much the same game I don't, you yeah. know not counting the harry potter version or the 24 right, version right, or the simpsons right, version right, right. the classic monopoly as you said the same artwork the same railroad same prices even just, even mm-hmm. for the most part the same pieces the gameplay pieces yeah so i have a few very quick uh, trivia questions for you guys all right about Whoa. the game all right all right so i have mentioned the pieces here so the the original game as we know it, the Parker Brothers common version, uh, Charles Darrow, came with six play pieces that you could play with. Mm -hmm. Can you name as many of the six pieces as you guys can? All right, Karen. (laughs) The Scotty Dog? No. Oh, oh, of the original? Of the very original 1930, 1935 edition. The shoe? Shoe, correct. The wheelbarrow? Nope, no wheelbarrow. So, uh, okay, the thimble? Thimble, correct. Shoe, Um, thimble. The car? No car. Uh, the horse? No horse. <gasps> okay, so what do, we have, what do we have yes. so far? We have a hat, shoe, we have a thimble, shoe, hat. a thimble. Okay. Uh, the battleship? The battleship, correct. Oh. Shoe, thimble, hat, battleship. There's one more that's still uh, in play. It is the iron. Oh, oh the iron. The iron. Yes. And then there's Those one... Those are so random. They are. Yeah. Well, then there's one more, which was a cannon, like a little piece of artillery with huh. giant mm-hmm. wheels. So here's why they're so random. I learned this really interesting. I Was it like... Take were, a guess. Were some of them things that were already being manufactured? Manufactured that, and is that they had absolutely in surplus. Right. Like that a is thimble. absolutely right. The original pieces, uh, uh, if you you know, if you see photos of the vintage pieces, all have tiny little holes in them. There's one a hole in the brim of the hat. There's a hole in the loop of the shoe. Charms. They were charms. Got it cheap and readily available yep. and so it my kinda, eyes are like so open it and certainly big. Like, seems Whoa. like when they went to production they literally just took charms that were readily available and that's why they have the holes in them because they were manufactured from the same molds that were made for put charms on the little bracelets that's a really weird thing to have a Battleship charm. No, no. If you had some, if you had a relative who was in the navy yeah. and, you, and they're on a battleship, yeah. like I mean, you a have cannon, that to a piece them. of artillery. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. Weird. Yeah. All right. So very quickly, a couple huh. more here. What is the most landed on spot on the board? Karen. Illinois Avenue. It is Illinois Avenue. That's yeah. I remember. Didn't we have a conversation about this at some point? It, yeah. it, it's not only this is excluding go to jail. No, no, no. It's number this. one overall. No, you really? know, yeah, because it's it, what is it like seven spaces it's away? Number from jail. one overall. All go is second overall. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't count the the sort of turn taking places, the B and O railroad would be second. Right. But no, Illinois is first overall. So go yeah. for random. a monopoly on those properties. Yeah. Got, get, you get Illinois. Got to get buy Illinois. Yeah, you got to yeah. buy that monopoly. They buy red. They do say that the reds and the oranges. Gross yep. the most money. Yes. Well, yeah. By the yeah. jail. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, last last one here. All right. Speaking of the jail, what is the name of the little guy we see stuck in the jail? Oh. What is his name? He it, has an official name. I'm going to say it's it's like Jailbird something. It's, You're so close. Uh, it's something, jailbird. Yeah. Something the Jailbird. Come on. Jim. Jesse. Jake. 
Jake uh, the Jailbird. Jake, Jake I, I, the yeah. Jailbird. And yes. the, the officer has a name, too. He is Officer Malloy. There you go. It's very <laughs> stereotypical. Right. Good old right. Irish cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the name of the Monopoly guy? Oh, so they changed it. Uh, he is yes. now he is now Mr. Mr. Monopoly, Monopoly. But he used to be Rich, Rich Uncle, Uncle Pennybags. Penny Penny Correct. Yeah. They actually, so so the company spent a lot of money <laughs> on, on, on branding experts and marketing experts and focus group. They did mm-hmm. all these tests and, and, and marketing for and they're like, oh, we need a new name for him because you know, Rich Uncle Pennybags might have a pretty bad connotation. <laughs> I, I love that name. And with all of that money and effort thrown in, they arrived at Mr. Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> Giving me a million dollars, Mr. Monopoly. So I threw it out there to our Twitter followers and our Facebook fans. What is their favorite board game? And you know what? Monopoly is is by far the mm. most popular answer. I can believe it. I mean, it's one of those sort of the big three. You got Monopoly, Scrabble, it's very maybe. Family oriented, yeah, it's family right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And everyone has a copy in there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, speaking of games that kind of came out of the Depression or really got their feet in the Depression, the Scrabble was one of those games, oh, yeah. too. It was invented by Alfred Butts, and he was <laughs> <laughs> uh. he was an architect before he got laid off in the Depression. And his other job was a painter and a part-time statistician. Like <laughs> Again, his... another, another, <laughs> yeah. another polymath here. Yeah. Part-time <laughs> statistician. He decided maybe a good way to make some money was to become a game designer, too. So he had his hands in lots of pots. He was hedging his bets. He yeah, was, yeah, try different things. And he decided there weren't enough word games. So he's going to focus on that. Even though he wasn't into words, he wasn't a writer. That wasn't one of his part-time jobs was, you know, spelling or being a writer. <laughs> he was a smart businessman, basically. Yeah. He, saw the, he saw the blue ocean. Uh, he was reading an Edgar Allan Poe story. And one of the characters was talking about the frequency of letters and words. Like, hmm. E occurs a lot in... As that mm, kind of thing. And like as like, part of solving a mystery, you mean? Yes. And so he wanted, as a statistician, he was like, let me huh. check this out. Ah. And so he looked in the New York Times and the New York Herald Tribune and some other sources to um, do a survey of how frequently letters popped up in different words. His first word game was a card game. It wasn't the way Scrabble is now, but it was you got dealt a hand of cards and you had to make nine and ten letter words out of your your hand of cards and you're going back and forth whatever it was a card game and he sold them to his friends and that that went okay he couldn't sell them to parker brothers or milton bradley i love how i love how every success story is and parker brothers and milton bradley turned them down they said no thanks so then he decided he was gonna kind of take that game to the next level so the first game was called lexico he decided to add a board and make it more crossword style and he put scores and like tiles that give you triple word score and put those Mm. on the on the fringes so people could come back he did a really good job 
job balancing this game That's out. Yeah. Yeah. So he made this game and he called it crisscross words. <laughs> I imagine him in his living room making these boards By with hand, his right. I mean his architect skills, he like measured them out with the ruler and got all the little pieces of balsa wood cut out and he sold the licensing rights to this guy named James Bruneau and he, James Bruneau is the one who changed it to Scrabble and it took them about 5 years before it started catching on. They mm. sold them to people and they would take them to their vacation homes and a buyer from Macy's was on vacation as the story goes and played the game and was like, "Oh, this game is awesome. I love this game. Why isn't it in our stores?" Although he said it in 1952 speak, he probably didn't say this game is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this game is the bee's knees. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cat's meow. Yeah. And then you guys might have gone back a couple yeah, decades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> then he then he a lot of top hat and, and did the Charleston. <laughs> Stepped into his auto gyro. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my ragtime guy. Life was so much better. (laughs) I wish I lived in musical days. (laughs) The buyer from Macy's ordered a bunch of Scrabble from James Bruno, and it basically went viral, but old-timey viral. I don't even know how to think outside the internet anymore. Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, you you have to imagine, like, for all these games, I think, board games, just getting together with, you know, other Mm -hmm. grown-ups and having a game in your parlor or your living room. Very (laughs) grassroots. So I don't think I've I've mentioned on this on the show before, but I used to play Scrabble semi-professionally. Like, I was in the official Scrabble club of San Francisco. In the league, And yeah. why wow. I never did, like, the big... Obviously, I was I was not good enough uh, to play tournaments and stuff. And, and we, we know there are a lot of books, uh, very famous book, Word Freak, and sure. documentaries sure. about professional tournament mm-hmm. Scrabble players. Right. And that is... A, a really eye-opening kind of it's a different it's a different level right. i mean yeah. I, I i really i really do believe like at at the highest levels of scrabble you're it's a game of code you're it's not a game it's of not memorization. it's not a oh, game yeah. of vocabulary no, by any stretch oh, they don't know and what the fact, words mean yeah many yeah. Yeah. many of the best players don't even speak english yep. i mean yep. it's not only is it like i mean we all play those three and four little scrabble words sometimes and i don't i don't know what this means i just know it's le- it's legal yeah, it's but yeah. i mean yeah it is it's just a game of pattern recognition what's the highest possible pattern I can fit here. It's not about language at a certain point. And I, I remember yeah. I used to stay up every night and I would try to memorize all possible two-letter and three-letter combination words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we yeah, had different choices. You have to know them. And yeah, at, at one point it's just becoming like, oh, I know etymology-wise these are legitimate words put them together they might form a real word but yeah. i'm not even sure if that exists and then part the best... of it's bluffing too yeah. oh, i'm like yeah. do you want to challenge me <laughs> the, the, the absolute best thing that you can do for yourself as a living room or dining room scrabble player you know if you just play against like your relatives or friends or whatever yeah. is memorize it's a short list the two memorize the two letter words yep. because what it what that does for you is it actually breaks the game open and it gives you a second uh, like it basically gives you a second way to add words to the board yeah because typical scrabble players either placing words horizontally or vertically they're either crossing through a word or they're adding a letter like an s onto the end of a word yeah when you memorize and there's not very many of them but you memorize all the playable two-letter words you can now add it parallel that's one of yeah. to yeah. a word yeah and it gives you just doing that gives you a brand new move that other people don't have in their arsenal 
So, as many of our listeners, uh, our constant listeners know, we are in fact on a trivia team, and the finals, the big Bay Area League finals came up recently. It was a heartbreaker. We There were three rounds. Oh, we I just don't in, even want to think about we were it. In, we were in first place at the end of the first round. We were in first place at the end of the second round. Uh-huh. We finished at the end of the third round in ninth. All the stuff we knew was in the first two rounds. But anyway, <laughs> they, they gave us some things to study, and one of the things that they told us to study was, know the Bill of Rights. And that was just like, okay... We can do this. We can memorize what, you know, and, and basically it was just going to be like, you know, we knew there was going to be a question that was going to be, you know, what amendment Which, the you yeah. know, Constitution And it's never one X. of the obvious ones. Yeah, exactly. It's not First it's, it's Amendment. It's t- not Fifth Amendment. Right. right. And so I started thinking to myself, okay, there's got to be a mnemonic piece of poetry somewhere on the internet that helps you memorize the Bill of Rights. And all I found were people on the internet asking for a mnemonic <laughs> piece of poetry, you know? And so I'm like, There's okay, gotta all be right. a better way. <laughs> yes, and that I've got to be able to write some bit of doggerel that will help us to memorize the Bill of Rights. So I took it upon myself to compose <gasps> um, a mnemonic poem. This is a public Um, service announcement. Yes. And we'll print this on the website for for this episode as well. But here is a way that you can memorize basically this, this assumes familiarity with what the Bill of Rights is, basically what the amendments say. Right. This is helping us get to the order. It's a prompt. When people ask you what amendment says this. So this is what I wrote. This is this is this was rough. I did it pretty quickly, but but it, it I think it works. Mm-hmm. Speech and such are the first rights. Two, two arms, two arms, let's fight. Three's a crowd. You can't stay here. Four, don't look through my things, dear. <laughs> Five, because I plead the fifth. This is complemented with six, which says my day in court will be a speedy public sort. Lucky seven means a jury. Eight is no big deal. Don't worry. We have nine lives and way more rights. People and states have equal might. So let me just run down really quickly. Yes. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So let me just run down really quickly. Speech and such are the first rights. The First Amendment is the freedom of speech, right. but also religion of the press, right, of right. Um, petition and... Uh, freedom of self-expression. Uh, assembly, yes, yes. all that kind right, of stuff. Right. Two, two arms. So two, of course, Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Bear arms. Um, three's a crowd, you can't stay here. Third is about, they can't quarter soldiers. soldiers in your homes. The government can't yeah. show up and be like, hey, this soldier lives in your house now. Three's a crowd, don't stay here. Four, don't look through my things, dear. That is, of course, uh, a search, search and, and seizure. seizure. Right. Five, because I plead the fifth. This is, uh, you cannot incriminate yourself at trial. This is also other things like, you no know, double jeopardy and, and other kind of stuff. Uh, the Sixth Amendment is the right to a public speedy trial and also in a criminal trial to a trial by jury right the seventh amendment is just about if you have a civil trial you also Mm. can have a trial by jury and these are certainly the ones where it gets murky yeah 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 yeah. challenge right 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 these are these are the broad stroke eight is no big deal don't worry that is that that turned out to be the trivia question that we got asked what is the amendment uh that concerns excessive bail or cruel and unusual punishment that is the eighth amendment no big deal don't worry your bail won't be excessive don't (laughs) don't worry we're not gonna put you in the stockades we have nine lives and way more rights the ninth and tenth are the weird ones so the ninth amendment is just because we said you had these rights in the Constitution doesn't mean you don't have other rights. That's you, so yes. meta. <laughs> just yeah, it's just like this look, is including just, but not limited yeah. to. Yeah. And it was because they realized that look, we're fallible. You know what I mean? Like we 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 wrote this Constitution. Just because we didn't put it in here doesn't mean you don't have that right. They rightly um, sense that we would become a nation of lawyers. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And finally, the Tenth Amendment, people and states have equal might. Anything, any right that is not given to the federal government is reserved to the 
states or to the people. That gives you the basics on how to memorize the Bill of Rights. That's a good Most one. people and, know one, two, and five, and yeah, right. It what com- are the other ones? Comes up a lot. Good job. All right, we're gonna have uh, this one on the site in our mnemonic archive, along with all the other mnemonics we featured on the show. So hopefully, this will be helpful one day. Yeah. One day. So you know your rights. Yeah. Not just for trivia. Not right. Trivia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, this being a trivia podcast, we cannot not talk about, of course, Trivial Pursuit, the <laughs> game that inspired Indeed. our very own Pop Quiz Hotshot segment, uh, though different today. Um, and I don't know if people know this, but I, I certainly didn't. Trivial Pursuit is Canadian. Oh, yeah. What? I, I did know that. It's Canadian. I did know they were Canadian inventors. Why yeah. is that shocking? <laughs> well, I, I, what are you trying to say about Canadian <laughs> it's just, it's just If I were Canadian, I would tell everybody this. I'd be so proud. The we game. made Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Who cares about hockey right. or beer? Mike Myers. <laughs> Trivial yeah, Pursuit. Pursuit yeah. Hockey. Pamela Anderson. Probably other things. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Steve Nash, Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> yeah, I know sports too. If someone told me that Trivial Pursuit was an overnight success, I would totally believe them. You know, right? Like, how can Trivial Pursuit not be an overnight success? Obviously, we're a little bit biased because we're trivia nuts, but like the idea, you're like, of course, people will love this. Um, and of course, that is not <laughs> the way it happened, and and it was a really long and and bumpy ride for inventors, Canadian inventors, Chris Haney and Scott Abbott, and they started off in the early '80s and and hoping that this would be very successful and it took them a long time. They got a few friends to help them out in, in terms of investment and they're like, okay, well, we, we have the idea. They have the whole wheel. They, they're mm. also trivia mm. nuts too. They, they actually were um, reporters and journalists for you know Canadian newspapers uh, in Montreal. Uh. But the thing is, now they have a little bit of investment. They have the whole kind of idea of the game. However, no one predicted one big problem about Trivial Pursuit mm. and, and why it will take a lot of money to make. I, I you guys a, what it might be? I was just going to guess like just something around the volume of questions they would have to produce. Yes. Exactly. Well, not even that because I mean they're trivia nuts. They can find out a lot of the questions mm-hmm. and stuff. It's the cards. Imagine how many questions there oh. are and how oh, many yeah. cards they you would have, have to print. print. It's true. Uh, the game would be very expensive. Double print on both sides right. with color. full yeah. color. In color, right, And right. it's just, you know, these boxes of cards. And, and no one it's really, true. back in the day, thought about it. Like, oh, oops, yeah, this there's this big production cost. And mm. the, the funny <laughs> thing is the original Trivial Pursuit game was one of costliest games mm. uh, to oh, produce. Because it's all just printing. It's not just a board and some plastic pieces. Right. It's a board yeah. and some plastic pieces and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of everything, cards. Yeah, it's everything right. other games have plus way more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and those are very, I mean, I remember the, the original set. Like, those two decks of cards are heavyweight. Yeah. yeah, those yeah. are beefy. Yeah. And, you know, after, after finally getting the first batch of games produced, Haney and Abbott, they're ready for their big time debut. You know, they had plans. They had their eyes set on the big toy fairs in, in Canada, especially the toy fair in, in New York for, for debuting this awesome Trivial Pursuit game. What year is this? When is this? This was 1982. What, what else was going on with games back in 1982? Donkey Kong and the whole arcade game sweep. And of course, all the toy fairs and, and the conventions were just, you know, basically they had video game fever. And like mm-hmm. they look at yeah. Trivial Pursuit and be like, who wants to sit around and move pieces and <laughs> all read these questions cards. out of cards? Exactly. Right, right, right. Um, but Trivial Pursuit did prevail through word of mouth like previous board games we talked about. And, and finally people took notice. And 
mostly because of the game itself. It's not a kiddie game. Yeah. And that's the big difference when you look at board games. And a lot of our family-oriented. Scrabble can be both yeah. a kid game and an adult game. But mm-hmm. really, Trivia Pursuit was like, this is for I remember, adults. Yeah. I remember. It, I mean, it must have been the mid-'80s, I guess, by the time it finally hit markets then. But I, I remember when it came out and just even as a kid thinking, well, it just this looks like a grown-up game because mm-hmm. yeah. the design, there weren't yeah. big flashy cartoon bubbles and, you know. And that was, and that yeah. was very Molasses smart of them because they looked very realized elegant. They had yeah. to, it had to look like something like a handsome set of encyclopedias that you would place into mm-hmm. your cabinet in your yeah. living room. They had a pretty low budget creating the look of the game. That's why it's kind of sparse and, right. and very yeah. serious which is a happy coincidence hey pro tip yeah inventors uh, minimal is cheap <laughs> <laughs> exactly and their marketing was pretty genius back in the day when they debuted the game they sent every celebrity mentioned in the game oh, a copy of the oh, game that's clever god that's smart that is, that really is such smart. good marketing that's good. That's good. on their magazine print ads they would have example cards and example questions like in their ads. Sure. They'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah. you know, here's a challenge. The first one's stuff free. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Trivial Pursuit spawned, oh God, there's so many different variations of Trivial Pursuit. And, you know, like we said, Star Simpsons Wars, Trivial Pursuit, Star Simpsons, Wars, Trivial Pursuit, Twilight, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Disney, which uh, my fiance Regina constantly asked me, do you want to, do you want to play Disney Trivial Pursuit with me? I'm like, what? So I can just sit there and just <laughs> feel horrible for three hours? Here, I actually brought from the comforts of my own home uh, an example Trivial Pursuit card from the Star Wars oh, edition. My oh, yeah. And I want to link this back to one of our previous episodes. We, we, we talked about in our all quiz, I believe, we talked about the Parsec yes. and Han Solo oh, yeah. and the Kessel Run. And yep, uh, you guys called <laughs> it. We got a lot of emails regarding <laughs> whether or not Han Solo correctly or incorrectly <laughs> talked about the Parsec. But here I have the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit card. And let's see how well everybody, but mostly Colin, does on this. You never know. Here I'm we not go. even going to pick up my buzzer. <laughs> oh. All right. I have no idea what these categories are. So here we go. <laughs> Which leg does Han Solo strap his blaster to? <laughs> I'm going to say his left leg. It, right. I, I believe it's his right leg. I think he's right-handed. It is on his right leg. <laughs> 50-50, still got it wrong. <laughs> All right. What type of ship discovered the Falcon when it arrived in the Alderaan system. What type of ship did I... Uh, Imperial cruiser? I'm not sure what they're looking for, yeah. Incorrect. Uh, mm. It is a TIE fighter. Oh, uh, okay, right, right. It was like a... <sighs> That's all right. That's how it feels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bonus point. Uh, what, is a, what does TIE stand for? Uh, that is twin ion engine. Correct. Oh. Here, here's back to the card. What was the gift Luke Skywalker gave to Jabba the Hutt? These two droids. Yes! Oh, his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. R2-D2 and C-3PO. In, yes. These fine droids. Okay. <laughs> How many moons cir- <laughs> circle Yavin according to the Death Star's orbital schematic? Come on, Colin. Uh, is it three? Incorrect. Mm, four. Four. Oh. I, I, oh, I could hear our four. fans so like, in right now like, right. being like, oh, oh my God. God. No, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, four. 
What did R2-D2 falsely claim was merely old data? Oh, the... I don't uh, even know if you That was the, the hologram of Princess Leia. Correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, what did John Molo design for Star Wars to earn a mention in the credits? It's the lightsaber. It uh, is. No, actually. That's a good guess, actually. Delicious B. Crumb? <laughs> it is costumes. What? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Wait, you that get a special mention specific, and not yeah, like okay. an actual yeah. credit? Yeah, that seems a, like a job. weird anticlimactic trivia answer. <laughs> That's not a thank you. That's yeah. an actual job. Yeah. <laughs> he received mention we, for. We just want to thank job. you for all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We also paid this me is in addition to the paycheck. I'm still getting paid, though, right? It's a lot of lot of cool board game talk, and came across this, and I thought it was a really lovely note, and I want to end our board game talk by sharing a quote and keep in mind this is back in the early 80s and electronic games were on the rise Mm. right and and board game people were kind of freaking out and it was just a a weird time for that whole industry richard selchow the then yep then president of selchow and writer company makers of scrabble and parcheesi said in in a magazine and this is his quote one hears a lot of debate in the industry about future of games are electronics the wave of the future Will board games survive? We feel these discussions are somewhat irrelevant. There should be no dispute about whether the future of games lies in microcomputers or small wooden game pieces. There is ample room for both if the game involved are fun to play. Mm, I very like that. nice. I like that attitude. Very, very there's, cute. there's always room for quality. Well, uh, again, I mean, board games can still do things the computers cannot. There, there really is something to the honor system imposed by board games versus video games. Oh, that's play, a really good point. When you play, a, I mean this in both ways, because when you play a video game, the video game always keeps track and it tells you, you can't do that, and it gives you the exact right amount of money, especially with kids, you know, like Candyland. Candyland is a game of total random chance, right? When you shuffle the cards and have the card deck in front of you, mm-hmm. a winner has been predetermined, and it is not about playing the game, it's about learning how to wait and take and your follow turn instructions. and follow instructions and be honest because a game is just a set of rules and it's it, this this comes back to me and like the the house rules of monopoly it's like the entire point of this game is that we all agree to submit ourselves to a set of rules yeah. we all have to have these rules and that's like what is fun is here's the set of rules work within that set of rules to have the good outcome. And so that's what's interesting about the honor system of board games is that you have to all kind of mutually enforce that set where where video games, it takes over for you. In video games Scrabble, sometimes they don't let you play bogus words. Yes. But that's part of the game. That's part of the game. Bluffing is part of the game. I absolutely absolutely agree. So either way, whether you're a bluffer or, or whether, you know, whether bluffing is part of the game or not, which video games, you know, have trouble letting you do it, or whether it's all about like being on the honor system like not giving up that control and having to have that human control is what makes it so appealing. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening and hope this inspires you to get out that board game and, and play something with, with your friends or families and whatnot. And you can find us on a Zoom marketplace on iTunes on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Later. Did you ever know that you're my hero? And everything I would like to be? I can fly higher than an eagle. Cause you are the wind beneath my wings. Calling all trivia nerds. Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? 
We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.